You know things, I know some too. Sit right down, the will explain them to you. If there's a thing you want to explain, these two feminists can entertain. Nerdy stuff, sexy stuff, so much to know. Tune in for the Femsplain Show. Femsplain! Hi, listeners! Hello, Diana! Welcome! <laughs> Welcome, Welcome to Femsplained. To Femsplained. This, is, this is a super special episode of Femsplained because it's Femsplained again. Fem-resplained. Resplained. We've... Yep. Put our thing down. We flipped it and reversed it. And uh, and I guess, what is Femsplained, Avalon? I don't know. What is put our thing down, flip it, and reverse it? Missy Elliott classic. Oh, Missy Elliott. Is that the uh, same artist that composed My Neck, My Back? How dare you, first of all? <laughs> <laughs> that was Kia. <laughs> and we already fought about this. We did, but I am. Yeah. Francis is the one who got that wrong. So, uh, yeah, uh, uh, Kia is the genius behind my neck, my back, which will never die. Uh, thank you for. I've been told that's a very political song. <laughs> I, uh, Francis Avalon and I had a. Uh, I looked it up on our phones. It was an hour and twenty minute long fight <laughs> <laughs> about <laughs> about the political influence of and intention of writing the song my neck my back at like at like 11 o'clock in the morning for me so like eight o'clock in the morning for them (laughs) we literally woke up fighting about it and i don't know how or why yeah they were like casually microwaving oatmeal while we were discussing (laughs) the social implications of my neck my back yeah basically listeners you know and i know and diana knows That the choice of the word crack just rhymed with back. Yeah. But for some reason, Francis thought it was a lot more nuanced than that. Yeah. He he thought that it was, you know, an intentional choice to advance feminism. You know, uh, it's... It's We could do a whole hour and 20 minute argument about this again. (laughs) Apparently so. Um, Apparently. But... How about we instead do Femsplained? So what is Femsplained? Oh, what is Femsplained? Oh, man, Femsplained. Oh, shit, you don't know either? Uh, you know what? I just remembered because, yeah, oh, good. it's okay. <laughs> See, what happened was I had amnesia because someone hit me in the head and then I just hit my head again. And so now I have my memory back and I remember what oh, Femsplained is. Okay. So Femsplained is a girls-only po- uh, clubhouse podcast. It's all right. You've had some TV. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> A girl, are you drooling? Yeah, I am <laughs> a little bit. Uh, oh, girls no. only clubhouse <laughs> podcast where two queer femme human beings, Avalon and Diana, myself and you, get to talk about our experiences in nerd culture. Um, but that does not mean that people of every gender, non gender, binary, non binary identity can't listen, laugh, and learn with us. It's just that we think it's important to preserve these fucking spaces where we can talk. And clearly I know like 80% of the script. <laughs> it's a script and that it all we kind of made trails up. Off we don't need to, there's no boss. <laughs> we don't need to adhere to these rules, Avalon. 
it was just when I started feeling like, damn, I really got this down, that I was just like, and uh, fuck it. <laughs> and this is a podcast. It's a it's a clubhouse podcast. It's a podcast. That's it. You know. Yeah. And so last week. Last week. <laughs> last week, we re-femsplained Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, we didn't, though. And then I deleted it. So now we're re-re-femsplaining <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons. Actually, I really wanted to talk oh. about tabletop uh, RPGs. Oh, we can't do this yet. In a man's Putting one minute on the man, watch and go. Dungeons and Dragons? Really? I guess we could have predicted that a show hosted by two ladies would run out of content pretty quick. But sure, let's revisit. As it happens, I've learned quite a bit more about Dungeons and Dragons since the first episode of this podcast. And let me tell you, it's just a bunch of 80s nostalgia hype. Everybody wants to play Dungeons and Dragons because it's so cool to watch Stranger Things and to listen to Toto's Africa as performed by Weezer, as performed by whatever. But you know what I think? I don't think anyone actually likes Dungeons and Dragons. Well, scratch that. I think maybe five people like Dungeons and Dragons in a given 1,000 people. And those people try to pawn it off on their friends, and everybody who wants to think that they're cooler or have more nerd cred jumps on the bandwagon and sits there for the first three-hour game, hating their life but being afraid to say anything, and then the game just peters out. And people go back to doing fun things with their free time, like playing video games, or doing literally anything else. And that's your Mansplain Minute. Well, so this week's topic is tabletop RPGs in, in, in general, which is not necessarily the same as our first episode as D&D, but also intentionally, we all, we all, the two of us, have long hated that first <laughs> that first episode because yeah it's horrible to tell people first of all it's horrible to tell someone you have a podcast it's really <laughs> horrible to tell someone it's horrible to tell someone you have a podcast and then know that they're gonna listen to the first episode and the first episode is by far the most awkward yeah we didn't know what we were doing i didn't know how to edit i was so we literally n- didn't nervous know that uh <laughs> i didn't speak and yeah that's right you brought that up when we recorded this episode the last time uh is that we (laughs) we hadn't spoken to each other except through text in years um yeah so it was like and it was awkward yeah it was like finally meeting that tinder date in person and wondering like am i talking too much like are they having an okay time it It was our first date so (laughs) Do they like jokes? I don't know. What are <laughs> jokes? Yeah, it was. You all witnessed our first yeah, date. Yeah, and our so. first date, similarly to most first dates, came off very much like an interview. <laughs> it did. It did. I came to the table with a list of questions. I checked them off. I have some professional experience as an interviewer, and I felt like that made me like really, really equipped to go into that situation. But I think it just made it really sterile. I just really like that now. We don't come to this podcast with lists of notes. We come to this podcast <laughs> with with wine and 
ramen. I'm just thinking about that interviewer thing now, because God knows I'm not going to go listen to that first episode. But all of my interview experience is interviewing people about, like, severe trauma that they had. <laughs> and I'm wondering if I brought that kind of, like, gentle, empathetic I did stoicism. I feel really cared for. Like, <laughs> during, like, not right. that, like, anything I was talking about was traumatizing, but I felt really appreciated. So before I deep dive into the topic for real, though, we have a yeah. new little Oh, segment, segment that we want to introduce and it was Avalon's idea so I really want Avalon to tell me what it is Ugh, I don't want because if it sucks I want it to, <laughs> to be an idea sucks, that came from the ether it's my idea if it's good it's Avalon okay cool um so the segment that we're introducing that does not have an intro song even though I hope that one day it will is called what has nerd culture done for you lately that's what it's called and (laughs) and basically (laughs) each of us will ask the other what kinds of like nerd culture things we've gotten involved in recently or that we've experienced recently so that we don't have to have separate episodes for like the fucking minutia of our lives and we can just talk about these cool things that are happening yeah so because not every game that we play deserves its own fucking episode and also we want to talk about those things and maybe this will reduce the tangenting it won't. Okay. So, Avalon, what has nerd culture done for you lately? Okay. Well, since the last time we podcasted successfully, um, I got to play Super Smash uh, Ultimate. It was touring the countryside, and it came right to my front door. I got to test it out. It was pretty fun. <clears throat> I don't like the new controllers, but that's fine. Yeah, but you guys were like the first stop or whatever on this like major tour of them like bringing this game to colleges right we were the first people in the world yeah um no yes and no so they're um promotionally they're bringing it to a lot of places like conventions and and stuff like that but also nintendo is touring a bunch of like the big football state schools with uh like a big pop-up where you can compete in tournaments and try out Ultimate. And so the first stop on that tour was the University of Oregon. Uh, And the only other stop on the West Coast is somewhere in Washington, and then the rest is going to be headed eastward. Um, But not a lot of people showed up. So it wasn't, like, you know, depressing. But the line was short enough that we got to go through and play a few times. Whereas I think probably if you're at, like, Gen Con, (sighs) you probably are in line for a million fucking years, and you barely get to play (laughs) one round. Um, but it was awesome. I felt like it was really authentic to the the previous games in the franchise. Uh, a little bit prettier, a little bit graphically cooler. Uh, some really cool new levels uh, and a couple of new characters you can play as, some of which seemed pretty broken <laughs> already. Which one was but, broken again? I know you said, but... I'm not telling you because of spoilers, but really it's it's Ridley the dragon from Metroid. Oh, okay. <laughs> Okay, uh, like I know what any of that <laughs> shit means, even. You could have lied to oh, me. And then also you can play the from characters from Splatoon, which seemed pretty dope. I liked how their powers worked. That's pretty neat. Yeah. Uh, what else has nerd culture done for me lately? Speaking of the burlesque episode, I am producing a new nerd burlesque show. Yay, 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 yay. It's going to be in a month, so that's kicking up. And what's up. the theme? What's the theme? Um, villains. Yes. 
I'm very excited. Any, I honestly, the theme is supposed to be any kind of villain that makes sense in pop culture. But almost all of the performers that have applied uh, have applied with Disney villain numbers. So it seems like that might actually turn out to be the theme, which is fine. But it wasn't my intention. Yeah, but hey, it's what the whatever um, the mood is, you know, among people, and I'm sure like it 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 kind of gets contagious when somebody like suggests a Disney villain. I think the problem is that I named, like I said it was a villain show, but the the theme that I used on the Google sheet, the Google poll or whatever the fuck, Google form, uh, <laughs> to recruit people happened to have like, I used a picture of a Disney villain on it. Oh. So I think it's my fault. Yeah. <laughs> but it's fine. That's your fault. <laughs> uh, just like, I, that's I don't all right. Know. You it's can hard to do, find a collage of like. You could do video game villains or like, we're like, or like Ooh. retro villains for yeah, another that was one. the idea. Yeah. You can, <laughs> oh, for another yeah. one. Well, it also is, so it's the weekend after Halloween. So like the first weekend in November. So I felt like it was, I didn't want to do a Halloween show because, as awesome as that is, everyone else is doing a Halloween yeah. show. Uh, and I don't want to step on any toes. And but villains kind of seemed like you know like the vibe is still there. People might be able Without to it being, you know still be in that mood. Yeah, exactly. I got that. Yeah. So so yeah. So that's coming up. Uh, Francis and I have been playing Nine Parchments, which is an indie game on the Switch, which is a uh, a couch co op dungeon crawler that is very clearly ripping off. The Wizarding World of Harry Potter, but I think it's like really fun. Yeah, and, solid. I, and so I recommend. I'm it. really excited about this because you guys I recommend keep telling it me about you how challenging it is. Very much money for cool. it. We're stuck on this one boss, but otherwise it's been fun. Uh, you get to unlock spells, you get to unlock accessories, you get to unlock different wizards to play as. One of them is like a steampunk metallic owl wizard. That's cool. What? Like a creepy like sphinxy cat wizard. One of them is a is a very blatant knockoff Hermione. <laughs> One of them's a very blatant knockoff Ron. Oh, um, oh and, and poor Ron yeah. is already a little bit of a knockoff. Well, it's rough because the you you start out, at least for us as two-player, you start out as the Hermione and Ron characters. And they have a similar dynamic to Hermione and Ron in the f- maybe first two or three books. But it's not, it's not really landing. Like, it's really just coming across where Hermione is like a fucking bitch. <laughs> And Ron is really sad and just wants to be friends with her. Like, it's not her uptight sort of, like, aloofness is reading weirdly mean. Like a fuck, like, mean. Wow. So <laughs> like somebody go, did not like, like Hermione. And in, in, <laughs> they were just like, we're going to finish this bitch. At the top of levels, sometimes they have a little bit of dialogue where he's like, I hope that we get to be friends after this. And she's like, why would I be friends with you? What the <laughs> shit? I know. I always feel really bad because that's the character I'm playing as. And I feel, I feel bad. Wow. All right. Check your <laughs> shit, Nine Parchments. Yeah. Sometimes she's like, I'm surprised you're on this adventure because you seemed like a real coward in class. Oh, their, their British accents are as bad as the one I'm doing right oh, now. Good, good. good. It's all good. 
That's why I'm doing a bad one. I could be doing a better one. I believe one. you. I can't. No. <laughs> I can't think of anything else. That's good enough. You should see. Oh, I, I bought those out Our Instagram for pictures of Avalon and Francis with actually Mario and Luigi. The world's worst Mario and Luigi. <laughs> they were so cute. Their costumes were legit, but the actors inside of the costumes like did not bring any energy whatsoever. They were just walking around <laughs> angrily smoking cigarettes through the felt <laughs> holes in their mouth. They took a like... lot of breaks and they didn't move and. I don't know. They seemed like they didn't understand how to move or see out of their masks. <laughs> There's no eye holes. That's why they're trapped there. Mm-hmm. Their indentured servitude, not up. All right, Diana. All right, what? What has nerd culture done for you? Oh lately? man, so much. I'm so blessed by nerd culture right now. So hashtag hashtag blessed. So one, I became obsessed with Detroit Become Human. It's right. maybe one of the fucking best games I've ever played. I I feel frustrated by the fan community of this game <laughs> because I I Why? played it through twice in a row. The second playthrough is on Twitch if you want to see me look stressed out for seven hours. <laughs> uh, you can see that in real time. But I played it twice like in a row and loved it for every second of it. I was blown away by the storytelling, by the art, by the video game design choices that make you feel like you are in these people's bodies, like as these things are happening to them. And so I excitedly ran to Tumblr and to Reddit and to all these fan sites to try so hard to 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 find like community around this thing because I do that whenever I get obsessed with anything critical role and Dungeons and Dragons and Dragon Age and what I found was just a lot of born sexy yesterday porn of Connor and that is it there's no other content out there nobody's talking about like how mind-blowing this like storytelling is or like talking about how like writing writing fan fictions about Hank and like all of these amazing like in-depth characters that they've given us and I just I want all of that but it's really just a lot of porn about Connor being like new and shiny and fucking born yesterday so anyway Detroit Become Human is one of the best things I've ever seen I've, I've watched every single fucking documentary about how this game was made and like this Oh, Diana, whoa, whoa, whoa. This feel this genuinely feels like an episode. It 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 might be. But anyway, I, I okay. love it and I'm okay. glad that it's in my life. <laughs> so okay. it was just when you started getting into the making of documentary shit, I'm like, wait. I don't know shit about it, but it. I'm obsessing about it. But anyway, okay. So that's Whatever. been a thing. I got to go to Ren Fair and I got to mm. cosplay Not the Brave from Critical Role Campaign Two. Oh. Um which I'm so happy. I want you to, you need to publicize those photos more because my Twitter is always people cosplaying that shit. I know. And you so easily could get a share. I just, I'm an idiot because I forget about the time jump. So I'm always posting like things while they're clearly like eating breakfast (laughs) or like. Yeah, but that's not how Twitter works. People check it throughout the day. Or you don't have to like, I don't know, optimally time it when you know Sam Regal is like taking his daily dump. (laughs) I do feel like I want to know when that is, though, because I feel like I could get a lot. I feel done. like it's probably more than once. Yeah. So also, we so should not I drink got all of our mugs be... at the same time because it just creates a very long I silence. <laughs> so I got to be not the brave. It was the fucking best. First of all, of all the costumes that I've done over the last couple of years, this one was the cheapest. It was so inexpensive. It was just getting some shitty ass rags. 
and then <laughs> face paint and like oh god it was so but it was so good it came out so well i walked into that ren fair thinking like if one person recognizes me i'm gonna be so happy and what happened was i was being shouted at by like every 10th person like that's not the brave and i met a bunch of cool critters who should be all of their cosplay pictures of like percy and the gentleman and uh like i i just like all of these people was really cool uh interesting what the fuck would the gentleman look like? oh, fuck yeah. i would never recognize the i gentleman. would never recognize the gentleman there's another one um somebody did Oh, you said Gilmore, Gilmore right? and I was just like, I mean, that's dedication because I don't fucking yeah. have a mental image of Gilmore in my head. I would need Gilmore to be standing, maybe with Vax. I would need understand? Gilmore to be like smooching on Vax for me to understand. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I uh, yeah. Oh, you know who else I see cosplays of on the internet that I would never recognize? Ugh, it's somebody else that fought with Lady them. Kima. Yes. yes. I would never recognize Lady Kima. I love Lady Kima. I never have a good picture of her in my head, but mm-hmm. but I think it's one of those things Same. where some one person did a fan art based on Matt's description and it took off as like and the established yeah. Lady Kima. Also, she's one of like the few like queer characters in campaign one NPCs. Oh, right. So like fan culture took off with her yeah. because of her you know, and Gilmore. That. That makes sense. Um, ton of queer like PCs in campaign one, but well, not a ton necessarily, but two at least. And uh, Vax and Percy. Percy. Yeah, Percy. When was Percy queer? Percy uh, was attracted to Vax Sultan like a little tiny bit in the beginning of campaign one, and uh, and and has had like some peppered in commentary about other like male NPCs and things before him and Vixalia became a thing. I don't know how I feel about a bisexual person with twins of different sexes. I mean, I know that's why it's it a little awkward. like he was just like, really rolling the dice. It's, it's, I think, I think obviously him, him kissing Vax was in like episode like two and... It was played off as a joke, but it was kind of like ha ha that it definitely wasn't one. But I mean, campaign. Fascinating. But you're saying Vax is also bi? Vax is also bi. Vax is canonically um, bisexual. He had uh, actual feelings for for Gilmore. And uh, Liam had in one Talks Machina episode addressed that with Matt after the fact and was like, really appreciative that Matt like let them have that be a role play like element in the story because he has himself always like struggled with identifying as bisexual because he never ever explored it when he like was unmarried and single so like he he like felt too awkward in college and like had crushes and things but never did anything about it and so I know I love him the most he's such a good boy but then to have this way of like artistically expressing it through a character in a safe environment with your friends that's not outside of the boundaries of your relationship and like to just he he just like expressed really appreciating that and so um he's is Marisha out yet? I don't, I honestly don't know if she is or if she's just um, be going super ham on the allyship. But I, I know, I, I feel 
Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I don't know. I just, mm-hmm. we just know. <laughs> so that's a critical role tangent. Uh, my not pictures are up on Instagram. I'm so excited about that. Yes. Um, and we're going to try to get them shared on the Twitters by the Sam Regal. Yes. And then the last thing, and this will um, be in the past by the time this is posted, but this weekend I'm doing a gaming event, a gaming con I'm hosting in Somerville, New Jersey, and I'm running Honey Heist, and I'm playing in a Pathfinder game, and we're doing all sorts of good card games and drinking games, and everything's going to be awesome. I'm so stoked. So yeah, COGS is the best, and I feel super grateful for being involved in it, and if doing steampunk-related gaming or like cosplaying or drinking a shit ton of meat or absinthe or whatever sounds awesome to you, then you should go and link up with the Cogs Expo and hang out with us. Anyway, so that's what Nerd I'm proud of you for being someone who creates content. What? And I'm proud of you for being someone who creates content and spaces and community. I And not just somebody who partakes of those things. Not that there's anything wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that because that's honestly, I was that person for a long time and enjoyed it there's nothing wrong but it's just that like i feel like you just went charmeleon it 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 did i i like i didn't realize that i could do it and then when i did i got so excited and i i know Uh, i really relate to that with like the burlesque yes exactly so that's a nice segue because that last thing the the tabletop gaming convention is actually a segue into our topic which is tabletop rpgs what is okay? So we're talking about tabletop RPGs, which are different from tabletop games. Yes, right. What's the difference between the ones with the minifigs and the ones that are more role playing? So both usually have minifigures, but what you're thinking of are like well, wargaming, where yeah, it's it's wargaming. I would I usually refer to it as like tabletop strategy gaming instead of RPGs. So okay. you're you're usually. Uh, that's like Warhammer, War Machine, and Mordheim, and uh, fucking Attack Wing, and whatever else. The fuck is Attack Wing? <laughs> Attack Wing. Attack Wing is a tabletop strategy game that's uh, Star Wars inspired. So it's oh spaceships. Spaceships. I just call it spaceships when I'm spaceships. in the game, so I'm like, you have any of those spaceships? And I say it just like that, and they don't kick me out because there are no standards for being a human being in those stores. Um. <laughs> So tabletop RPGs, though, usually are more focused on a a storytelling perspective. They often have minifigures or battle maps, but most of it is a collective storytelling narrative that people are participating in. You have unique characters. You have unique stats from each other. Nothing is pre-rolled. Things are individualized person to person. And one person is at the helm, and that person is usually called a game master GM or a DM in specifically the case of Dungeons and Dragons. I've always really liked the word storyteller for mm-hmm. for that role. I think that it encompasses more of what that role actually is, especially when you're with a group of like experienced players and you are not really being like the rules guardian and you really are just storytelling. Well, you're both. Yeah, you definitely you definitely are a, a person who has to have a handle on the rules and, a, and has to enforce them and things like that. But but you prefer storyteller over like 
game master or dungeon master. I do. I really do. But there's not a differentiation in what those people do, right? It's just no, different. No, it's just it's just different books call them different exactly, things. Exactly. Exactly. I think DM is 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 uh, Dungeons and Dragons specific. Storyteller, I and believe it's is sexual. Like, and it's super sexual. Why does nobody yeah. address that? It's so I don't know. Storyteller is more, though, the um, D10, White Wolf, World of Darkness way of describing it. And then Game Master is something that people invented as like an umbrella term of. Do you think that DM was not sexualized because no one was having sex for the first like decade of playing Dungeons and Dragons? I don't. And they didn't realize? I question that. Because, (laughs) like, I feel like the, the, like, Ha ha ha! Nerds weren't having sex. Like, have you met some nerds? They're well, fucking like, a lot. Like, the like all the time. But like in the seventies, you know, like maybe How do, because it's like you said in that one fucking episode of ours where you know everything that goes out on the market should pass the twelve-year-old boy test. Yeah, and that doesn't pass. It doesn't. But it must have passed at some point in time, or it's all a joke. I, don't I know. you know what? Like it's. It passed the the publishing company's uh, test, but I feel like maybe I am uncomfortable discussing this because we're talking about, like, yes, people in the 70s, but we're talking about, like, tweens in the 70s. So I don't know. Well, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying I think it might have been, like, genuinely innocent, but that's astounding because tweens today. I don't heckin' know, Avalon. I don't know what tweens today are doing. (laughs) You don't hang out with tweens? I don't hang out with any tweens. I heckin' love tweens. (laughs) But I I do know that the term makes me super uncomfortable. Yeah. And I I don't love it. I especially... Does anyone ever call you a dungeon mistress? Yes. Yes. I was... Oh, God. (laughs) In my first... My first gaming convention where I ran a game, somebody, like referred to me as dungeon mistress and i was like just because i'm the only girl <laughs> that is fucking running games at this convention yeah. just... was that also a kink convention though? what was that also a kink convention no but okay. it was not it was not a kink convention but a lot of those same people there oh yeah are yeah. involved in kink conventions <laughs> Well, it's at the same hotel. Yeah, it's like the, <laughs> it's same, the same. It's all the same like, people. Producer, I, know. <laughs> I would get confused. Yeah. So I, I get, I don't like any of those terms. I love storyteller though, because that's that's really the focus that I put on on the games that I run, and it's the games that I've loved the most to be a PC in is when that has been the focus. But there are so. What's a PC? Player character. What's an NPC? A non-player character. Look, now we've established. Look, Google shit. <laughs> so when when you are looking into like and like obviously the most like popularized right now, it, thanks to Critical Role and, and the Adventure Zone and all of these things happening, Dungeons and Dragons is definitely like at the forefront of, of tabletop RPGs right now. And that's awesome because it also was like a pioneer in tabletop RPGs. But it's not technically the OG. It's not the like, OG. For mainstream culture's purpose. Absolutely. But there are so many. Like, there are so many. How many? They're so good. There's like, I mean, it's crazy. There are, there are so many that are, that are still 
extremely like professionally published and and popularized and then there's indie ones that are also equally yeah. good and strong and then there's like people putting them out for free like for like donations to their patreon that's what honey heist, honey yeah. heist is yeah honey heist is is just some guy who's pumping out like just kind of cockamamie ideas for for silly one shots that actually work and not really asking for anything in return except like maybe a donation if you liked it so there's all of these there's so many of these games so when people uh a lot of times like people will talk to me about customizing Dungeons and Dragons to make it what they want it to be which is great you know and I fully want that to happen whenever but one of the things that I I do often suggest is like you know when you want to do a cyberpunk D&D or whatever mm-hmm. first of all great cool do it but also there's fucking tabletop RPG already made called Cyberpunk that's literally in the universe that you want. And like, go try these amazing other games that are out there or mix them, mash them together to create what you want. If you want elves in your Cyberpunk world, like, yeah, fucking like transfer the uh, world. But I, I guess I get, I, I don't want people to just be hung up. Not that Dungeons and Dragons isn't amazing. It is, and I'm obsessed with it, like unhealthily. But I want people to, like, find these other games, too, now that this, like, culture has taken off. I want to be like, get your friends together for a fucking game of Vampire the Masquerade. Which is a big one. That's... It's not an indie. No, no, that's a huge one, but... But like I've I've encountered some people who've never heard of it before who have now heard of Dungeons and Dragons. So I'm like, all right, yeah, like diversify that shit. Yeah, let's go. And that company, White Wolf and World of Darkness, the whatever fucking chicken egg situation that I don't remember <laughs> came out yeah. of that, has so many. And so if you are a like dark fantasy person or you know, and the high fantasy Modern, world urban fantasy. of Dungeons and Dragons is not totally your thing. Whoa, yeah. boy, is World of Darkness, White Wolf, like extremely right to you. And their games are a little less like mechanically based and a little bit more story centric, I, I guess. Yeah. The math is easier. The like abilities or stats or skills or whatever they call them uh, in that game are a lot easier. Mm-hmm. A lot more fluid, I think, during a role play, so you don't have to stumble over that. Yeah, absolutely. Although Fifth Edition oh. Dungeons and Dragons has been a lot better in in terms of that. As for right. people who are used to like fucking three point five or whatever, I had somebody yell at me on Facebook the other day that like it's Second Edition or bust. <laughs> I was just like, who the fuck says Second? No edi- I know. one thinks that. No one thinks. Yeah. There are 3.5 fans that I will, like, maybe give them their their piece. I'll give them theirs. Because yeah. that was... that was. I'm not giving any second edition 3. people 5 validation because they're... 3.5 was good. Yeah. Um, it was better in a lot of ways. Well, I think my understanding is that that's what Pathfinder is closest to. Pathfinder is, Pathfinder is like, a mix between 2 and 3.5. It's, like, a, 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 okay. a mis- mishmash between the two mishmash, mishmash. Mishmash. between the two pathfinder's great pathfinder was like i feel like the the leapfrog that got us to to fifth edition where things were finally like i think you're yeah, right yeah e- evened out i also know a lot of people who say things like if you can't repair it you shouldn't own it <laughs> and i'm putting both of those claims 
in the same realm of like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> oh God. Like if you can't, if you can't let a thing grow and like enjoy it as it's growing, yeah. like it's okay for you to step away. It's okay for mm-hmm. you to have your favorite, but like let, like clearly let people <laughs> enjoy things. It's just whenever people get like really upset about one of their childhood things being like remade and like mm. do not like that other people are enjoying it like specifically when they don't like that kids are enjoying it right. i'm just like mm. like yeah no i don't want drop dead fred to be remade either but if it did and a bunch of kids like really got to enjoy the characters of drop dead fred I'm not going to be like, fuck you, kids. <laughs> I'm not going to be like, purist. fuck you, kids, but I might have to compartmentalize and live in a world where I consciously forget that it's a thing. Mm. Which is something I'm very successful at doing, and that's fine with yeah, me. Yeah, that's, that's adult shit right yeah. there. And just even bands, you know, like once they, they cross a certain number of albums and start sucking, like I, I just live in a world where they died in a plane crash and it's fine. Aww. You don't have to talk about brand what? new like that. I, uh, I fucking <laughs> never went through a phase <laughs> that kind of garbage. I missed the boat on any kind of emo. I grew up on Long Island. It's, there's That's there's no way of escaping any no. of it. I, I narrowly avoided that. That's, you know, that's okay. I love it genuinely, but I, it's, it is, it's, it's, it's hard to watch those things grow up. I went through a really weird analog phase right about then. Like I diverged and became a hipster really hard. And like, it was like vinyl and. That was a thing when you were like still in high school? It was. Yeah. It was just starting. It had not the term hipster was not a term that I was familiar with yet. Right, right. But we all, like, sold our digital cameras and got, like, film cameras. <laughs> we all, like, swore off computers and, like, only wore, like, Goodwill used t-shirts and stuff like that. Um, and got really into, like, the Strokes. <laughs> oh, man, the Strokes. The yeah. The Band. And I was really shitty. Like, I immediately was, like, very anti anybody who shopped at Hot Topic. Like, whatever. We, like, started making our own clothes. <laughs> Wait, we were, like, the, the, the fucking punks were always making their own clothes or whatever, but, like, there was some different Not calling that punk. Yeah, there was something different between, like, the punk years and then, like, the hipster years. Because we all, like, went to thrift stores and made our own clothes, but it was, like, patchwork Nirvana yeah, our... t-shirts and, like, right. not... Ours was, like, very corduroy heavy. <laughs> um, and very ironic. Everything had to be ironic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um... But, yeah, we all, like, diverged together. We were all punk kids together, and then the punk kids split into the hipster kids and the emo kids in, like, 10th grade. Wow. Yeah. We all ate lunch together still. Oh, good. Oh, that's a happy ending. Yeah. But, like, I think we were just shitty about each other's music. We all just... But we all liked Led Zeppelin. We all just (laughs) threw up at Castle Golf together. If anybody's from Long Island, that would make sense. But I can't imagine anyone from fucking Long Island would listen to a feminist podcast. (laughs) I almost just told a story from high school that I'm now realizing is like super not cool. So never mind. Okay, good. So tabletop <laughs> RPGs are fucking great. Yeah, I'm really happy that this, this episode is is still a wild ride. So in in um, Mean Girls fashion, because it's been very saturated, because yesterday was October third, yeah. and because we're talking about high school, what sort of stereotypical group in high school would you say are some of the main franchises of tabletops? 
oh, White Wolf is. man. So White Wolf D&D is the goth is. kids. Yeah, obviously. Okay. Those are the goth kids. I don't want D&D to just be nerds. D&D. And, I don't want it to just be nerds and goth kids. I need a D&D jock in D&D is the nerd kids. Honestly, like, and this is not reflective of who was playing them. Because none of these yeah. people were fucking playing these games, but that no, no, of course, that's what what group they belong to. But uh, Magic the Gathering was band geeks, mm. um, okay, absolutely competitive and underappreciated. They that's that's what they loved and highly technical, highly technical, very very by the book. And let's see, it needs something to be a bro. What? Yeah. I need a bro. We need a jock. We need a jock's machina. And I think the jock of the tabletop RPG or tabletop gaming. I mean, I of tabletop like... gaming, it's definitely would be would be Warhammer or like 40K. 40K is, is the jock's <laughs> machina. Yeah. That's the, I That's don't care. I'll just hit it. What are emotions? I hit it with my stick. <laughs> uh, so there's, that's that's my, my mean girls assessment of tabletop gaming. Is there, like, what's the teen pregnant? One. Teen pregnancy, I mean, I would have to assume, I mean, I I feel like, I feel like that's also the band geeks, because I feel like they were, they were all, <laughs> were they, pregnant? they were all so sexually active, so, so. Well, that's like theater kids. So quickly. The same thing. Right, uh, so but I just want, like, if we could live in a world where we personified each of these franchises and then each of them went each of these person franchises went on buzzfeed and took a who were you in high school quiz yeah that's what would happen it would be the the goth one the nerd one the jock um the band geek and then like you know there's no just like straight up pretty normal one (laughs) no because it disqualifies you that's a disqualifying (laughs) answer it's like you 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 take that quiz and you get milky pens like that's what <laughs> like your <laughs> those are coming back loved milky pens so yeah they're the yeah. shit also we were little and i don't know what was going on in long island but milky pens were a thing for me in maybe fifth grade uh like like sixth grade through eighth grade was milky okay. pens yeah but i fucking love when you call them that like ew. i know like it didn't seem gross to me at the time but now it does it's gross because it it, oh it makes you very aware of the texture of what was coming out of those fucking pens. It was very milky. I'm having so many milky pen flashbacks. <laughs> Drawing all over your friend's hand. For... Yeah. Draw... Beautiful colors. So many shades of so many metallic greens. The metallics. And then did you ever buy a black notebook? No, but my friend had to, one. To draw all. Like... I went through a very weird notebook phase. In middle school, where I I purchased from Claire's a notebook for absolutely everything. And I wanted them all to be passed around. Like, there was one for quotes. And I wanted it to just keep getting passed around our friend group. And everybody would put in good quotes. And there was one for, like, doodling. And you would pass around our friend group. Everybody doodle. I was just like, there were, like, ten notebooks. I don't know what the fuck was going on. Fucking Claire's is, like, literally where the devil rests. Wait, like, like, (laughs) Claire's. Claire's is an abomination before God. There's no reason for Claire's to exist. It's the craziest place on earth. Like, you can go to Claire's. I haven't been there in so long. So, first of all, Claire's is a shitty store. If you've never heard of Claire's, well, yeah. you've never been there for some reason. Who the fuck? Everybody, let's just assume everybody knows what Claire's is. Claire's, I need people to. 
except what Claire's is. Claire's is a shitty store. It's a novelty store, like, say, Spencer's, except instead of cheap plastic tearaway underpants, they're selling you cheap plastic costume jewelry. It's a really cheap, shitty store. But when you walk in there, you have the option of going to the desk and saying, hello, I would like that 16-year-old girl to fucking pierce my fucking skin with a sharp gun. (laughs) And they will say yes. They will do it. They will say yes. And they will do that despite the fact that Thousands of people have gotten infections from getting their ears pierced at fucking Claire's. You can walk into any mall today and be like, I would like that fucking child to shoot my child with a hot (laughs) earring. Yeah, (laughs) and not just like, like like my infant baby. Yeah. Like my two-year-old. Yeah. It's time for that. 15 year old to shoot a hole in her body so so she can be shinier in the stroller Claire's is like some fucking (laughs) abyss (laughs) of humanity because this is not new that's not like it's not amazon it's not like the the rot this has been a place that has existed since before i can remember going to malls so it's just Claire has also really enabled my Japanese cultural appropriation. Oh, yeah, they love that. Yeah. <laughs> I had so many. I just go and just get so many hair chopsticks. Oh, hair chopsticks? <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. I remember at one point, Claire's had a lot of really interesting inflatable furniture you could buy. And I got one with, like kanji on it and like little pandas (laughs) (laughs) it was the world's most uncomfortable inflatable chair like you would just slide right out of it well sure because it was made by some 16 year old girl in some other country who you know probably much younger yeah. Well, I think they're going out of business if it makes you feel better. It, I think they declared I mean, bankruptcy. It, it, it does, but also I'm not going to believe it until I see it, first of all, because Claire's clearly made a deal with some sort of fucking Rumpelstiltskin-y character at some point in time. Two, I mean, like, it took this fucking long? Like, for a Claire I spent so much money at Claire's as a middle schooler. I, I got so many different best friend related matching keychain and yet mementos. I have not seen a single one. <laughs> <laughs> well, for my other best friends, obviously. Did you get your ears pierced at Claire's? I didn't because I was so afraid of getting my ears pierced that it took three tries. And we had to go to a, 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 a jeweler who was so... It was really embarrassing. I was very afraid. Fine, but I just don't know where this is it's going. Just that, it's just that I once ran out of the store crying as as they were about to be my ear. And I ran down... Were you like 17? I was like 15. Like it was, it yeah, was okay. too old for me to be that afraid of needles. Also, I was fucking getting stuck with needles constantly all the time and I just like had no I never like built up tolerance to things ever yeah um I have a huge needle problem and I didn't get my ears pierced until I was 15 yeah 
That was not that I was afraid. That was when I was because my parents wouldn't let me. And then I think around seventeen, I got them pierced, and I got them pierced at a Claire's uh, when I finally did. Uh, Oh, I thought you said you okay. I had gone to yeah. So sorry, I had gone to like several fucking liar. I had gone to several like legit places with my mom, like because she was very obsessed with like going to some place sterile and good. Uh, That's good. Yeah. But I had freakouts constantly about not doing it. And then as is me to then be impulsive one day and be like, I'll do it now. Uh, at yeah. 17, when I suddenly feel the courage beast hit me and or social pressure or whatever. So I got them pierced and then they got super infected and swelled up. And the next morning I woke up and I thought that it had fallen off because I saw that my ear like had swelled up, but I couldn't tell that. I didn't know what that was, but I I just didn't see the the jewel anymore on one of my ears. And I felt that the back was still there. And I was like, oh, it fell off like in my sleep. And I like started trying to pull the thing out, pull it. And I just remember like pulling and pulling and pulling on this thing and like having so much pain and being like why is this not coming out and then and then realizing like my mom came in and was just like i think your ear is swollen hold on and like she like pushed on like the underside and like the jewel was like buried in my swollen ear (laughs) because it was so like like cauliflowered it was so bad Oh my god. I thought you were going to say that you fucking just kept pulling and pulling until you pulled the jewel and everything out through the I back. And I was going did. to if fucking my... scream. I almost <laughs> did. That almost happened. Yeah. Oh my god. That reminds me, I got contacts when I was a kid and, no, I got contacts when I was a teenager and my parents were split up and I couldn't, my first night having them, I couldn't get one of them out of my eye. And my dad has perfect vision, so he couldn't relate to the situation at all. So he held me down and tried to get it off my eyeball for, like, an hour. Oh and, like, got a Q-tip and was, like, rubbing it <gasps> on my fucking eyeball. And it turns out it had fallen out during the day. And we were trying to, like, literally pry the lens off my cornea. Because we could feel the natural bump of it. And we were trying to scrape it I off with horrified <laughs> as a person who will never wear contacts and will be wearing these stupid glasses till the day I fucking die because I can't touch my eyes. That is a literal nightmare. You would yeah, have I just better don't wear anything unless I feel like Claire's looking cute. To tell, <laughs> tell them the that optometrist, your, your, your the 13-year-old optometrist lens in the back of Claire's. stuck on your eye and be like, excuse me, can you get this off for me, please? Use that gun. Yeah, give me that gun. Just shoot. <laughs> <laughs> it's oh, shit. So D&D. Yeah, tell me, tell me any questions you have. What's going on? Well, I've made a lot of progress in writing my first campaign. Um, It's for Pathfinder. That's right. I'm so excited for you. Yeah. Oh, God. I keep putting it off, though, because this uh, term is really crazy for me in school. But we're going to try to do it in November. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm scared. I know. I know. Because I literally don't want to do it unless I do it perfectly. And that's the story of my life. So I just don't do things. The thing things. is that there's no perfect in 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 tabletop gaming. You you hide behind. Do you have a screen? No. I'm gonna tell you if you can't get a screen, which you can get, they're cheap. But like if you can't get, get a screen. screen itself, get something that you can put up as a barrier. Um, I will. 
to Because I'm going to need to hide. You. Hide you. <laughs> like, literally, it'll hide. But not just, like, hiding you. It's hiding, like, your... The fumbling your, your and fumbles, the bullshitting. Your, like, yeah. buy yourself time with roles and things like that. Like, honestly, when you're, when you're stuck on something, flip a couple pages back and forth ominously while you're thinking like like honestly i'm serious uh-huh. like no no i, I definitely am that i'm counting happen on that naturally when you have everything planned out are really easy to fake when you don't have them planned out too and it no one's gonna know the difference between the time that you were really looking for that npc character's name or that time that you really totally had to fake fucking make it up i'll put a little picture of you also on like my my backside of it so that I can feel calm. Good. <laughs> Do I make you feel that way? Because that's good. You make me feel calm and furious depending on the day. Also, you can have me on your phone muted so that you can't hear me. But what I'll be doing is I'll be like drawing things on pieces of paper and putting them up on the screen. <laughs> like when you're Oh my God, yeah. Do that stuck. four hours a week. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what the fuck else am I doing? <laughs> we, we can make that happen. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, so that should be fun. It should be good. I honestly, I have to tell you that the more like I pass the point of no return, the more I wish I had not chosen Pathfinder. Pathfinder is very fun, but it is, it's not the easiest. Is that why, is that why? First of all, I thought it was the easiest and that's why I chose okay. it. And also because I'd played it before, so I felt like capable. Yeah. Um, but I actually think that fifth edition is easier, is. which I just am an idiot and I didn't realize that. Yeah. Um, I thought Pathfinder was, it was, Pathfinder was described to me by the first person who told me about it ages ago as like baby D&D, as like Mordheim D&D, you know what I mean? Like that Mordheim to Warhammer. No it's an entirely separate role playing game. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, I'm increasingly aware it's, of that. Yeah. Um, but I find that like, while it's not bad, you know, and it's not horribly complicated, it doesn't seem as easy to homebrew as D&D does. No, no. And that's what I'm regretting because I really encar- encouraged a lot of homebrewing for my yeah, players. Yeah, it's not easy for that Pathfinder because all the mechanics not. are really complicated and specific and like all of the races have like really, yeah. No, it, specific. It's, it's not easy to homebrew. Yeah, that's why I really regret it. And also just like, it seems to me that there's more, there's more like open source community stuff out there for D&D than Pathfinder. Um, whenever I like have a question with D&D that I Google, I can find an answer pretty quickly on some forum somewhere. Um, but with Pathfinder, I just always end up at like an official site that's telling me to buy a book or, you know, if I find a forum that's talking about it, it's maybe like overly technical or not super approachable in its answer, or just not very clear. I just feel like the community support isn't as good. It's not because it's it's just not as as popular as 5th edition or even yeah. 3.5. I thought it was hella popular. I really did. I would still... Because when I go I to stores, like, I see more Pathfinder books. It's not going to help you so much with, like, rule navigating or character creation, but for the gameplay aspects, Donjon still has a whole Pathfinder section. So, like, you can do okay. random encounters and random stats, random loot, and it'll all follow the Pathfinder uh, rules to a T. Sweet. Yeah. So okay. There's it, it's just it's just not as I don't know if that's I think Pathfinder's great. I wish the community would be bigger, but you know what? It's such a similar game to D&D and then 5th edition is yeah. so much better. Better. Uh, God damn it. 
I wonder if it is too late. It actually might not. I don't be. know why it would be. You it's just that I bought books. Yet. That's why it's. I think that's the What's problem. The and I, but nobody's filled out sheets for me. If nobody's just if given pen me has bios. not hit paper, it's not too late. Yeah. No, nobody is filled I out. I just feel sheet. bad. Oh, no, but I just I have all newbie players, and I'm like trying to pretend like I'm so capable and confident. And we bought these fucking books, and I just feel. Like it's Who gonna undermine my authority. Not authority, but my, what do I wanna say? How competent I seem. If at the last minute I'm like, JK, D&D. All right, first of all, did everybody buy Pathfinder books? One guy did. All right, whatever. That's not that bad. Two, be like, hey, I've been like comparing and contrasting the rules to these games. Yeah. And honestly, D&D 5th edition seems more fun than Pathfinder. And also, you guys have a lot of cool homebrewed stuff that would be much easier yeah. for us to make work in a D&D 5th edition game than in a Pathfinder game. You can say all that and be like, I want your characters to work. Let's play by the I, rules. The thing with D&D too is like, I can lean on you more. Yeah. <laughs> I can, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I feel like I can drunkenly panic text you from the bathroom of a brewery about how to roll a character sheet. And me more from so. my own bathroom can take, can take a picture of me holding up a piece of toilet paper that says like they need to roll dexterity. I don't know why I made that. That's my very specific example because that happened the other day. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And the books are probably easier to find P- PDFs of, which you can with Pathfinder, but it's not like so easy. Also, so D&D easy. Character created for fifth edition is so accessible. Um, D&D Beyond is so fucking awesome believe... and like doesn't. I don't know. It was so much easier to start with a fifth level D&D character than it was to try to start with a fifth level Pathfinder character Ugh. in terms of. Yeah. I couldn't fucking believe when I realized you had to start with first level and then like do it manually. Yeah. <laughs> I should be able to just jump right into it and it should be fairly clear. The thing that really pushed me over the edge is that one of the characters, one of the player characters is playing like a, a class that exists, but it's an advanced like supplemental class from some book. Like I can't find anywhere, but I can find the information online. But the way they roll their class like bonuses involves dividing oh shut up why would you do that like why would you roll you know like your your bonus is d20 divided by five why the fuck wouldn't you just have someone roll a d4 like literally because how asinine like it's a d20 based game and you're that like hard up for customization that you can't like come up with it took me so long to try to one figure it out and then once i did to explain it to my player and to be like, don't worry about it. We're just going to have you roll a D4. This is insane. Yeah. And they were like, uh, okay, you know, I'll roll four D20s. And I was like, see, this is the thing. I'm already, <laughs> it's already the blind leading the blind. Like, we do not need to be going through, like, a fucking labyrinth of knives just, on I top of it. I ex- ex- examine, <laughs> like, how complicated yeah. Pathfinder can be. And, like, Pathfinder is significantly less complicated than fucking second edition so whoever said that can just <laughs> fucking go whoever said that should not have been able to tell me that on facebook because i guarantee you the technology they used to tell me that they could not repair yeah so in 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 pathfinder so that like just imagine how fucking long combat is and that was the number one complaint about pathfinder 3.5 
second edition for all of these games the biggest hurdle for players before 5e honestly was um how long combat took it became i can't honestly imagine like how vox machina like dealt with their shit because they were a pathfinder game in their home game right that might be why i chose pathfinder also um but i think that's why they made the switch when doing the show version Mm. because combat would be fucking unbearable to watch as a viewer because as a player it gets unbearable to like be waiting 10 minutes for the person before you to make their decision which is supposed to be a six second like passage of time is what your turn is supposed to be at six seconds so for you to be sitting there for 10 minutes literally just every time another person is going so that could be 40 minutes where you're just sitting there like waiting wondering wishing (laughs) yeah i guess i assumed that they switched from pathfinder because either like they didn't get the rights to it or they like graduated and pathfinder was too basic or D was more marketable it never occurred to me that it was less smooth. I mean, it's it's probably a combination, but honestly, that show would be unbearable to watch if they were playing Pathfinder. Damn. It would be. All right. And I, I don't think I it makes it unbearable to play, but I do think I, I do think it makes it more challenging to play. It's a good game. I'm playing it this weekend, but it is a slower combat and to watch you already know that like watching combat can sometimes depending on the combat be like already kind of disengaging yeah i zone out most when of the time, it yeah. takes like fucking 10 minutes for each character to, to make their decisions it's really really yeah. hard to be a viewer of that and when you're not actually participating yeah well get ready because now you're gonna have to co-write my game because now i have like two weeks to change systems that's fine and like home re-homebrew some classes i think it'll be so much easier it'll be a snap to homebrew those things in 5e it it will be literally like no big deal all right you're right i'll figure out how to tell everyone in a way that i mean they don't fucking care it's just that i i feel like i lose face but that's not a thing it's not it's not this is this is having fun and 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 like drinking and playing games with your friends it's it's all it is cool that actually makes me a little less stressed about it because my biggest fear is that i'm going to choke while running combat. Like, I'm gonna be trying to roll behind my screen for a couple of monsters, and like, I'm gonna be flustered because I've, you know, I can't do math when I'm stressed. And then I'm gonna have really well-meaning players who have literally never played before with totally valid questions about, you know, what their AC is and this and that, because they're also a little flustered, and that I'm not gonna be able to coordinate that very well. So one of the things I would say, especially in the beginning of this game for you, it might be helpful for you behind your screen, which I'm going to enforce that you get a screen of some kind. I'm going to. I'm definitely going to. to have yeah. I mean, I'm probably going to just make one. Have their ACs written on like a little thing, like just a, a little cheap yeah. postcard, whatever, clipped to your screen. Make them get familiar with what their AC is so that they learn how to play the game. But that if things yeah. are getting flustered, you can be like, no, your AC is 16, you beat it. Another one important sure. one, because I think I think you can't do it for every stat because you want them to get familiarized with it and also there are just too many. Sure. AC is a big one. And then to have just like, if you, their passive perception. Yes. So that's a helpful one because that's one that you're not going to be asking them to roll 
it's one that you're just gonna right. be like, eh, they wouldn't notice this. They're not, you know. Yeah. So to have that, those two as like a little cheat sheet for you so you can move things along. Um, but to- I also was hoping to make like a cheat sheet for them. Like maybe not for everybody, but for the table, like just a very simple, like, are you trying to punch somebody? It's going to be like this plus this. That's cute as fuck. And then roll this. But that. Like just the most basic things. And I think people get the hang of it eventually, but I think it'll help me not have to remember that in the moment and translate it while I'm like doing private that you don't have to do because that when they fill out their sheets will be apparent because next to each of their weapons will literally be that it'll be it's not apparent there's not enough room on the sheet to write things clearly as a player it's not you don't like the 5e sheet because you know what we could probably find there are multiple versions of it we could find you one you might like better that has bigger space for that because the one that I yeah. like uh, emphasizes different parts. Like the one that I like emphasizes your main stats. But you could get one that, that emphasizes your like equipment or whatever. I think it just that one didn't emphasize spells very well for me is what it was. Totally. Well, I never like any sheet with how they uh, do spells. I always make my own Well, that's – and all, almost all of my players are magic. Oh, I – there's I, – I always get apps for spell books. Because oh. they're always better. That's okay. another benefit I'll to doing that 5e, though. Now. There's really great spell there's books. apps. There's so much support. There's so much there's shit. There's so much good spellbook apps. Yeah, I totally. Plus, maybe, and also there seem to be a lot better, like, NPCs that you can steal. Like, they they exist for Pathfinder, but they're not great. The pre-written, I mean, the pre-written shit exists. I, I don't use it, It's but just better for D&D is all I'm saying. Yeah. I just, I really like 5e better. And then I'm already like, I want to do World of Darkness. I really <laughs> want to do World of Darkness. I want to do a Vampire the Masquerade. I want to do fucking Changeling the Lost so bad. I want to do Changeling the Lost like right now, and I want to do it with you and Francis. Like, Diana, why can't we play games together? Why can't we? I don't know. Like, it's it hard. would be so easy if you guys got people together and I phoned in. Really? Yeah. Oh, that actually Everyone is here feasible, is all like EAF, so. But I want to, I want to do, like, honestly, I want to do you and me and other people, like, in the country. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. If you want to play fucking like Changeling the Lost with Avalon and I. Or queer people. Let us know. Yeah. Can they have to be girls or queer, though? What? <laughs> can they have to be girls or queer? <laughs> yes. You have to be queer and you have to be awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah. So play Changeling the Lost with us. It's about the fucking Feywild. So Get your shit together. I will write this game. It's already written. I will I will make this game happen. We'll do it. Seriously, now taking applications for cool people who preferably identify as femme or I don't fucking care, whatever. Just not I just don't want a guy. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no 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 cis dudes. Cis straight men. No cis dudes. Can can, t- um, can just sit this one out. But if you wanna commit to a every other week remote changeling game maybe we'll youtube live it changeling means it's about like evil contractual fae and fairies and stuff in case you don't know that it'd be the best you don't have to have played before i will um, hold your hand as much as you want to through the character creation process and through the gameplay I'm deeply in process. love with this yes yeah. I absolutely will. Seriously. Please. Yeah. So if you are interested in that or if somebody you know is interested in that, you think they might be, send that their way. Um, We'll post to it on Instagram and Twitter and everything. And I think, honestly, I think we... What if we made 
had like a bulletin board, but like for the internet. Like Twitter? Well, yeah, but we made a posting like as if it was our local fart shop. Uh, our our, our local taverns, like a uh, trantry board. The like. Well, that's cooler. I just meant your local like gaming store. Yeah. <laughs> murder board. <laughs> Adventurers wanted. And Seriously, let's let's get on yeah. that. I'm feeling inspired. Okay, so I think that's it for for the episode. But I'm really, really <laughs> in, intensely inspired by this idea. I want to do this. This episode was a mess. This episode was great. <laughs> Fuck off. All right, I don't know. Avalon's <laughs> feeling insecure because Francis the Mansplainer deleted our last uh, attempt at this episode. Is he is he crawling out from from the floorboards like a demon now? Because I mentioned. Oh my god, that's fucking terrifying. <laughs> um, no, thank God. Uh, it sounds like he's either on the phone or on Destiny chat because oh, okay. I hear him. Um, um, but yeah, he deleted our last episode and by accident, of course, he's not like a shit. Of course. Um, but uh, we, it was the same topic, so I think we so literally spoke about this. <laughs> I think we literally spoke about this the same way, except this time we came up with this brilliant idea to have a fucking changeling game, which I am all about. I am jazzed. Me uh, too. So uh, yeah, that's it though. Like I, I gotta go. That's it. I gotta fucking paint we the gotta go. miniatures for this gaming convention this weekend. Oh, I want to see them. You don't post enough pictures or send me enough pictures of minis. I'll show you. Also, um, somebody asked me to start doing commission miniature painting from Cogs, so I'm gonna maybe start doing that. Are you, are you good enough? I don't know. I'll. <laughs> I. I don't know I either. Don't, I just. I, I don't think so. I don't have a fucking airbrush machine like most of the people who right. do that shit, like do. Correct. Yeah, so so I feel like I feel <sighs> like the most of the time those those paid for commissioned miniature painters are doing like airbrushing and they're doing like Warhammer armies where you have to paint like eighty six dudes the same color scheme in like yeah. ten minutes. Um, oh. Whereas I'm doing like individualized characters, which I you know. I still don't think I'm, like, like how many? the best. I feel like that's it. But there are, I guess, a lot of people who will pay for that. And if I charge a super cheap-ass amount, then uh, maybe it'll... Well, that's that's my question. Because I think that... So I'm somebody who charges cheaply for whatever because I feel insecure about, like, my product. Because I know it's not going to be perfect. But if you think about how many literal hours you're spending, like... Even that has got to cost a lot. It's more... Like, how many hours does it take you to paint one mini? Oh, like, like one. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, like, I mean... You don't like, have to, like, wait for it to like, dry you, and do like, other colors. And... You usually do more than one at a time, and you, like, you layer, and then you it take that takes, like, a couple minutes, and then you let it sit and dry, and then you work on another right. one, and then you come back to it when it's dry again, and, like, collect collectively all added up together it takes like so how much are you charging per mini i don't know because this was only just suggested to me so i have no concept i charge just three dollars for those like rune readings that i do that no and that takes like 25 minutes diana no okay (laughs) we'll talk Anyway, okay. <laughs> I gotta go do some some labor for this gaming convention. I can't wait to tell everybody right, about it. I gotta it, go do property you. budget homework. You have to do homework. This has been... Yeah, but I'm gonna tell you so much about property taxes. Oh my god, I love to hear about that because I 
will probably never be relevant to my life. No, no. it's not. It's not relevant to anyone's lives. It's horrible. No, awful. The worst. <laughs> But in the meantime, if you loved this, oh, whatever this was, this, this brilliant episode tangent. of our podcast, <laughs> you should like and subscribe. This word salad. You can subscribe to us wherever the fuck you listen to it. Uh, you can listen to us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean, something else, wherever podcasts are sold. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and you can interact with us, which is more fun, on Instagram at Femsplain Podcast, Twitter at Femsplain Cast, Facebook Femsplain Podcast. You can fucking follow us on Twitch at Femsplained and watch me play video games and do shit. It's going to be awesome. And email us at com. Especially email us if you're interested in participating in this uh game of changeling the lost because it will be off the chain hook it'll be off the chain hook and if you disagree really strongly either about second edition or pathfinder i don't care no (laughs) one cares (laughs) and the reason is that i really can't substantiate my argument because i've only dipped my toes in and because i can't really sustain an argument i'm really just going to feel defensive and I'm not gonna want to engage. I can. So I can sustain my just argument. Just take yourself to Claire's and, so I will and just on punch behalf of a bunch of and behalf yeah. of all of us. So I want everybody who comes at me combatively to go to Claire's and get a Prince Charles. Yeah, just be like, "Hello, Tiffany. Can you please shoot that fucking plastic knife into my dick with a gun?" And she's gonna be like, that'll be $8. And you'll say, thanks, Tiffany. And that's it. All right. So have fun with that, guys. (laughs) Goodbye. Goodbye.